Lead Time is a weekly dose of leadership insights and interviews from Tim Allman and Jake Bessling. Lead Time is for any leader living in a busy world looking to be inspired, equipped, and empowered to lead others to their fullest potential. This is Lead Time. Friends, welcome to Lead Time. Uh, my name is Tim Allman. I am here with Ryan Bredo, a good friend, and you are going to be blessed by our conversation today. Jake Bessling is being a dad this morning, so you got to just put up with me as I have a great chat with my friend, Ryan. Brand. That's what we're talking about today. There is power in a brand. Everyone has a brand. And talking brand, for me as a pastor, I know we got some church and school leaders that are listening. Talking about a brand, this is our goal, that you're going to see it as not unspiritual. It's intimately connected to what it means to be a follower of Jesus. And, and I've said this a lot, Ryan, is leadership is learning a lot of new words to say the same thing in new and creative ways to reach as many people Amen. as possible. Ryan is in his 16th year uh, serving in Christian education. He currently serves as Assistant Vice President for Strategic Educational Alliances at, sounds like a big deal, at Grand Canyon <laughs> University. In this role, Ryan champions the cause of growing and promoting Christian education at all levels, notably through the implementation of best practices and strategies related to branding, marketing, and enrollment growth. Prior to accepting this role in the summer of 2018, Ryan spent 15 years serving in a variety of roles in Lutheran secondary uh, schools, notably as a teacher, basketball coach, admissions director, and marketing director, the first 12 years of which were in Colorado, and three years most recently at uh, Lutheran schools, Lutheran high schools in Wisconsin. What I love most about your story, Ryan, is that you won a state championship as a basketball coach for my alma mater. The players. The players. <laughs> well, let's, you, let's clarify. You led, you led that movement, and it was amazing. It was a great joy. Thanks for great bringing joy. that uh, joy to me. Outside the office, Ryan loves speaking and consulting with schools around the country in the name of growth strategies and best practice promotions in Christian education. A 2003 graduate of Concordia University, Nebraska, also my alma mater, we played, just another side note, Ryan and I played baseball together, a couple years older than me. He was a phenomenal pitcher, and all I remember is yelling, that was a strike! That was a strike! Oh, give him the corner! Anyway. And I remember you chasing a lot of balls in the gap. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so Ryan holds a master's degree in marketing from the University of Colorado in Denver, spe specializing in entrepreneurship. In the summer of 2014, he began a doctorate program in education, a doctorate program in education special, specializing in organizational development through GCU, Grand Canyon University, which he plans to complete by Christmas of this year. This year. So tell us, what are you studying? What's your research focus? I am looking at what uh, role location plays in uh, enrollment cool. in Christian schools. Because it's not easy. So, no, just and trying to put a number on it. We not know all location matters. Not all locations. How, how much does it matter? Exactly. Thanks yeah. for that wonderful work, brother. Ryan and his wife, Rachel, they've been married for 15 years, and they have three young children, Bella, Bo, and Bryce, and they currently reside here in Gilbert, Arizona. All right, Ryan. You say, here's one of your quotes, every organization, whether it's a church, a school, or a business, they have a brand mission, vision, and values. Often the difference in thriving organizations is that they establish these items with intentionality and deliver on them with clear relevance. 
share with us, uh, therefore, Ryan, the power of brand in 21st century organizations? Well, th- first of all, thanks for having me. I There seems to be little question that the power of a brand, especially here in America, uh, as consumers uh, flip allegiances, mm. um, they're exposed to every uh, function and piece of an organization that the power of a brand uh, and clarity around that brand is just being elevated more and more. And it seems too, for the purposes of our time today, the role that the leader plays mm. in understanding what that means uh, is gaining more and more importance. Yeah. And so I don't want, uh, my fear is that people hear branding and it's like this scary buzzword, yeah. like that's a secular thing, or this is outsourced to other people. Sure. Um, but instead, if we can just embrace the idea that your brand is who you are. That's right. That's, that's the simple definition. That's right. So talk about brand and mission and vision. Right? So I like to keep it simple, uh, defining them such as brand is who you are, mission is what you do, and vision is where you're going. Yeah. And being able to decipher those three can can make things pretty healthy because we're all branding. Uh, At all times, we're telling a story. We're communicating to the world who we are, whether it be by what we choose to wear, uh, what we drive, the people we hang out with, uh, the ways in which we interact with other people. That's communicating a story. Uh, I love uh, Jeff Bezos, uh, CEO of Amazon. He has a great uh, pretty famous quote where he says, uh, your brand is what they say about you when you leave the room. <laughs> so this notion that we're all communicating a story, we're communicating who we are. I think the Lord designed us that way. Mm-hmm. And so this this conversation is just uh, hopefully designed to be helpful uh, around being cognizant of what that means uh, individually as a leader, but then also for your the organization you represent. So you talk about a brand not just being a name, um, say more about that. So here would be a good example. Uh, shoe companies. Yeah. Uh, very few people know what a Reebok is. I personally don't even know what a Reebok is. You know, <laughs> uh, Adidas. Maybe they know Nike is a Greek god, but that's about it. Yeah. Um, if you think about maybe your higher affinity brands like Kenneth Cole or Alan Edmonds, like you may know that these are people, but... That's it. We don't really know anything about them. All we know is that our experience with the product has been strong enough that we're going to make a purchase decision. Mm -hmm. And so it reflects that while your name, the name is important, that the definition of what that means Mm -hmm. goes far beyond Mm -hmm. uh, simply a title. Yeah. So it's not just about if we make our, and this is for churches too, in the 21st century, if we just get a total rebrand, you know, and just give me a new logo. If I just get a new logo, everything's got a hip, trendy, it's going to attract, you know, uh, 20-somethings, that's what we need to reach out to millennials, all churches are realizing that, you know, so if we just get a new logo, a new look, then our brand kind of changes, and you're saying, uh, not so fast. Yeah, and certainly... I, I'm echoing what a lot of research says, so if I don't. I don't want it to just be my own opinion. That's yeah, founded good. on a lot of research. Certainly suggests that the delivery of the product itself uh, is all that ultimately is the trump card. We we often like to reference in our culture uh, Chick Fil A. Yeah, you know, masters at marketing and messaging. Um, if their chicken sandwich wasn't any good, mm-hmm. I. 
I wouldn't be yeah. saying thank you. Right, right. Nor would they right. be saying my pleasure. Right. And right. we wouldn't be, but on a real level, we wouldn't be endorsing. Yeah. You know, and we do that all the time through the churches we attend, the schools that we send yeah. our kids to. If the product wasn't delivering, hmm. you can jazz it up however you want, but the brand is not legitimized. So as a helpful context, uh, I like to use the language that uh, your brand of your business organization, and I would argue even on a personal level, your brand is the culmination of a thousand small gestures. Mm. You know, when, when I'm here at Christ Greenfield, the brand is lived out by a greeting when I come in from the parking lot, somebody holding the door open for me, a pastor who uh, clearly has uh, a listening ear and a humble heart. Mm. Like those, the ways in which the people communicate in the courtyard, like all of those gestures build an experience. They tell a story and then ultimately reflect the brand. Yeah, sure. So as a, that's really good. As a leader, a lot of times we are um, cultural architects. Hmm. So how well, I really only have two jobs. Where are we going? Vision. And then how well are we loving one another on the way toward what God is leading us to do? Which in my mind, a lot of times is culture. So is there uh, is there... Something that's synonymous between brand and culture, right? Oh, for sure. Yeah, I, I love that. I love that parallel because it's ultimately uh, the story that you're telling that creates the culture. So you, you've maybe heard that type of language before. Uh, whoever tells the story creates the culture. Right. And I'm a big believer in that. I know many other folks are as well. And so as a leader of an organization, uh, it's in, incumbent upon those leaders to understand the story that I'm telling by how I communicate, how I follow through, my etiquette in an email, my my tone on a voicemail, all those things. I'm, I'm telling a story that ultimately shapes the culture yeah. that is built around me. And when that is rooted in the saving name of Jesus Christ and having a filter of scriptural discernment, yeah. now I have... I, I'm giving the spirit an opportunity to transform this, the, the surrounding. I've talked to a lot of leaders. It's so good. A lot of leaders who love vision. I want to dream, you know, big, big dreams. But then they don't realize that to get there, you got to care about the small details. So if you're not a detail guy or gal as a leader, you need to surround yourself with a team and you need to be accountable to them. Those small gestures go a long way in shaping your brand, church, school, any organization. And there is one organization right now, one of many, but one key organization here in the Phoenix area that is just killing it when it comes to brand awareness. Uh, and that's Grand Canyon University, where you are employed. So how did brand clarity, Ryan, shape the radical growth, growth of uh, GCU? Well, certainly the GCU story is a powerful one, and uh, there is little question that uh, founded in that growth and the impact that GCU has had on the community was establishing very clear brand, mission, vision, value, uh, etiquettes, and affinities. Those, those things were crystal clear, and certainly they continue to be a large focus, and i there's little doubt that what batted lead off there and what continues to drive that certainly is the Lord himself, Amen. but using uh, President Mueller and his team to continually put the brand in action. 
You say next to Disney, there are a few brands that are moving, I, multiplying like GCU is right now. I, I know that sounds bold, uh, and I that's I, it may sound like a biased endorsement, but I, <laughs> I in in my that that becomes uh, I very rarely have ever seen an organization that has grown so quickly yeah. uh, and had such an impact, and yet has held true to the little gestures right. that multiply. That's the story that people so tell. So talk about the multiplication. It's about one life changed at a time, absolutely, but still, there's been rapid multiplication. Amen. About. Yeah, I, an example that I like to give is uh, when I'm on campus and there's an opportunity for a student to hold the door open for me, and then when it's flipped around, when I hold have an opportunity to hold the door open for another student. I know this is going to sound like a stupid example, but there's this yeah. is the this is the magic in it. I could count on one hand the number of times that I held that door and I did not hear a thank you. That's right. And also when that student had an opportunity to hold the door open for me and didn't. Yeah. That 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 time that's one sample. That's a small gesture, but it represents a culture that's built on service over time. It's built on service. It's, that's exactly right. That it's an ownership from the top down to say. This is the culture that we are going to create, and we're going to create it by the story that we tell. How are we going to tell that story? We're going to tell it by how we treat other people. We're going to tell it by the ways in which we're going to make Christian education available to all socioeconomic classes. We're going to tell it by putting ourselves at 33rd and Camelback and using Christian education to be a change agent for what was for a long time a suppressed area of Phoenix. Mm -hmm. Like those types of scriptural foundation deliverables like the great commission in action when that's put under under practical terms we're going to use this tool of christian education and make it available to the masses yeah to then drive the innovative measures in our industry yeah that's when you have what what i would call uh just brand congruence there's just high alignment there are few who tell the story of GCU better, and it makes sense, than Brian Mueller, the, mm-hmm. the president, who's been a, a strong mentor and influence in your life. For sure. And, and it's amazing, Ryan, how Brian makes time for people. <laughs> he tells the same story over and over again, giving all the glory to God. Uh, it's a powerful story of transformation uh, there at GCU. Uh, but he wants to know other people. He's a, he's a lifelong learner. He's so hospitable. <laughs> he's so humble continuing to learn. So talk about how Brian has carried uh, that brand forward at GCU. Yeah, I, I, that is such a tough, I mean, it, it's funny how our English language is so finite, right? We, there's a limit to what you can express in words. I think that it's very difficult to put words around uh, the impact of servant leadership led out to that level. When you have, when you're able to align and you've done a great job of this um, in, in your role here at Christ Greenfield, but when you can align passion and purpose. Mm. Uh, and th- that can be a really powerful thing. And certainly for him, his passion to serve other people, to bring Christ to as many people as possible through the channel of Christian education, uh, mm. and then to do so with a passion that says, we want to do this in a way that loves and serves our community uh, and and provides increased number of jobs for the community and, and flips uh, the culture there, 
that's contagious. That spirit is contagious. And so everybody kind of has their, their Brian story of how he made time for them and how he stepped in. Uh, and that's not to say it's all roses. No. I mean, when, when you're a leader in that role, you have to, you have to make a lot of decisions and a lot of it's risky yeah. when you're, when you're, when you're driving change. Yeah. But, uh, the result has been, and I think he would say this too, has, has exceeded what, so that's how the Lord works sometimes, that he Amen. exceeds our expectations. So I hear a lot of people say, well, how you doing? Or what's your day look like? Well, I'm, I'm busy. I'm trying to get busy out of my vocabulary. I don't Amen. know about you. Amen. And Brian and leaders like Brian are able to say, you know what? There's a lot that's just happened. I know I got a lot coming into the future in this day and in the days to come. But right now, being with you, Ryan, is the most important thing for me. Mm-hmm hearing your story, hearing what God's doing in your world. This is, so just the power of presence uh, for a leader, that shapes the brand. Because if you're going to be present to do these and be a part of these small little gestures, you've got to, you've got to be present uh, to observe what God is doing uh, through the power of the Word and the Spirit. So yeah, I think, I think there's, and just to add to that, the ability to prioritize, mm-hmm. to say these are the things that are most important right now, yeah. but then to also surround yourself with people that you trust. So that you can disseminate, uh, wh- where should I be spending my time? How can I continue to love people and not, you know, people over paper? Like, how can I actually make that real? And I, again, if the culture around you is not uh, exuding that and living by that, it becomes very difficult. So, uh, but certainly, he has uh, he has created a culture that is fully receptive to that. Absolutely. Why do you do what you do? What is your purpose? Get to 30,000 feet real quick. Uh, you're helping to shape uh, GCU as you bring services to Christian schools across the, across the country. It's a wonderful new role, and you can talk a little bit about that, but even getting higher than that, what is driving you each and every day, Ryan, to wake up and get after it, shaping even, if I may say, your own personal brand? A number of years ago, the Lord had clearly put it on my heart to uh, bring the name of Jesus Christ to as many kids as we possibly can. Love it. And for me, and I, I am very hard pressed to find better ways to do that than through education. And so certainly as one who uh, was shaped by the gift of Christian education, uh, both in my home and then also the, my upbringing, uh, I want places where the spirit is welcome and where Christ's name is glorified and championed, I want to make that available to as many kids and families as possible and just cut the spirit loose because we know that he is ultimately the change agent. He is ultimately the transformer. And so in our communities, if our schools can be available to more families we're just giving the spirit that many more opportunities to work. And so that's, that's ultimately what drives me. Like why, why does branding even matter in a Christian setting? It's because the ways in which we message and the stories that we tell have the opportunity to transform lives because it's fueled by Christ. Amen. And so if we can, whatever it takes to bring his name to as many people as possible, that, I'm sorry, I'm going nuts here, but that, that's what gets me up in the morning. That is, exactly. a, that is a cause worth fighting for. It's worth championing because we know that he's going to work in greater ways than we could 
possibly even imagine. It's very clear that that's your brand. Um, having been your friend for some time, you are relentless on offering Christian education to as many kids as possible. So, so clear. Thanks for living that out, brother. And it's really sad, side note, when people don't know exactly why they're doing what they're doing. And the bottom line purpose is to make a buck, to get to retirement. Oh, just ask, ask Jesus for some help in having a higher level vision for what he wants for your life and other people that you trust, leader. Um, the Spirit loves to give you a higher range a view of what you're up to rather than just a day-to-day grind of making a buck. Ugh, we can do better. What role does a leader play, therefore, in establishing the brand or redefining the brand? Talk about what resources are available for leaders who feel like brand awareness. This is a major growth opportunity for them. If they're like, oh, this is a heavy thing. This is all new for me. Uh, give us some practical tips there, Ryan. So as I mentioned before, I, I don't want the thought of branding to be something that we just outsource. Yep. Because So how would you do that? I mean, pause right there. How would you outsource brand? How have you seen well, that? Cer- certainly, uh, and, and the easiest example is, is life before the internet. Hmm. I mean, you could, you could control the message and you could filter the message so much easier and you could have it be quote unquote all done in house in our world today when you have Google reviews and Yelp and constant consumer engagement and instant consumer feedback uh, that's a scary thing if you don't if if you're if your brand is a bit incongruent in our world today it will be exposed and so now when when people when leaders have an understanding this is the brand that we want to echo in all functions you're closing the gap and so t- so to your point it, in years past quote unquote uh it was a lot easier to to close the gaps i i often reference um and this may be as helpful for the audience that the brand and marketing for a church for years would have simply been the bulletin, <laughs> right? Like well, this, I'm laughing because for some churches it still is. It's still, and I'm not saying a bulletin isn't important. My my point no, is that right. that that became the, the filter. That's the, filter. the that mm-hmm. is your only channel. And now, so so to answer that, a, a great reference for listeners would be uh, Brian Solis has a great uh, reference point called the Conversation Prism. Hmm. And he talks about how to package every communication stream we have in our world. And it's overwhelming when you look at it. It's overwhelming to think all the different ways that we can communicate to the world. But a lot of them are a two-way street, all the different ways that the consumer and people can communicate with us. And if the, the message, if that core deliverable of who you are as a brand is not airtight, it gets very difficult to manage uh, the, not only the growth but the potential decline as other uh, disruptors, yeah. if you will, enter the market. And that's across any that's across any industry. That's right. Um, so I think leaders have one of two choices at this point. You either say, "I'm going to embrace the chaos of brand awareness and the story that we're telling." 
or I'm going to retreat. I don't believe there's a whole lot of neutral right now. And I speak, obviously, as a pastor in the midst of a, a denomination that's struggling, I would say, with our brand, the story that's being told about us. I think a lot of times the story that's being told about even pastors and then churches is divisive. It's not helpful. And so a lot of times we retreat into our silos rather than moving into the awkward nature of and, and it really comes down to confession, you know, right up front. We have struggled here, or we have sinned here, we have failed here, and we're going to, by the power of God's Spirit, try to do better. Mm-hmm. We, we want to tell a better story, and thankfully the ultimate story is grace through the finished work of Jesus on the cross. But can you speak to how a leader could start to lean into uh, this, this story of brand, recognizing the interaction that takes place today, very different than the past? For sure. Yeah. So there are elements of, and this is the organization that you may represent the industry that you're in, there are components of your brand that you do not control. Hmm. There are so so and I feel I want to make dude. it is scary, but yeah. I want to I want to paint that picture that it's not the highest performing uh, organizations and the extensions of their brands. It's not because they control everything. Huh. Uh, it's ultimately that they have a very pure and clean sense of who they are. And then they just respond accordingly. Yeah. So questions that I would ask, and I ask these to myself, and, I, and hopefully this is helpful for others as well. Very simple, clear questions to ask if you're evaluating what is, you know, classic Lutheran question, what does this mean? Hmm. Um, would be, number one, what brand am I intentionally living out as a leader? So it's, it's it's a bit of a self-evaluation. Sure. What are the things that I'm intentionally driving? What What's the story of me that other people would tell? Mm-hmm. Um, and in that evaluation, you're going to, in that reflection, I like to break it down into three questions. And we were, I do this with schools, but I think it would cross over. Listener, you need to be writing these down. Um, what's, and so I'll put it in a school context. Okay. What's the story of my school? Who's telling it? And how's it being told? Yeah. Those three questions are worth evaluating constantly. What's the story of my school? Who's telling it and how's it being told? And played out in uh, practicality, I uh, like to break them down even by a department. Mm -hmm. So what's the story of our academics? Who's telling it and how's it being told? What's the story of our athletics? What's the story of our fine arts? Mm -hmm. And when you're able to, to truly package those elements, then you then you're able to identify the areas that need focus, That's and you see like this is not aligned with who we want to be. Yes, um, and then you communicate with those channels accordingly. So, so we're yeah talking a little bit of values, right? Oh, I mean organizational values. Yes, in those in those different departments. Mm-hmm. So just given mm-hmm. more language because I think a lot of our leaders would say, okay, I understand values. Yes. And then who's living out those values and how, how are those values That's being right. told? Right? And, then you can, and then you can engage in those groups accordingly. So if, if in that question, what's the story of our school? Who's telling it? How's it being told? Well, storytellers for a school can include the students, right. the parents, the alumni, grandparents, community leaders, kids at other schools. It's a bit overwhelming <laughs> to think of all the different yeah. people telling a story and so, again, it causes you to come back to square one and yeah. say, who are we really? And who are we desiring to be? And those simple questions then drive 
everything else. We're, we're so focused as leaders. We're so well-versed on mission. Yeah. I, I, I struggle to find great leaders who don't have an understanding of mission or have an understanding of vision. Like these are clear leadership principles, but to see in our world today brand being elevated in that conversation, we really have to clarify who we are and make sure that everybody around us has that same understanding. Uh, that that is that value is is gaining uh, intensity. So if there are some church leaders who are kind of still on the fence, they're like, I think you guys have sold out to the world talking <laughs> this way. I mean, what would you say to them who say this is a worldly thing? This is not spiritual. Um, yeah, or or for some pastors, DCEs, church leaders that say, I didn't have any classes on this. I mean, this is crazy. I don't have brand awareness. You know. Sure. So, so just real, real shortly, uh, tell us how you respond to that. The best, I've said this before too, that the best brand ambassador ever was Jesus Christ. Drop the mic. Game, I'm te- I'm te- set, match, Jesus. He told a story. Mm. And the story that he told shaped the culture and then through that shaping, it transformed Change communities and, the, and ultimately the world itself. So th- the sense of who he was, who he was, the mission that he was on, the vision that he had, that brand clarity in Scripture is the tightest you will ever see. Uh, the Apostle Paul becomes a very quick yeah. reference. You know, when, when he was talking to the people of Corinth and, and there's the reference— uh, in First Corinthians, where he talks about, to the Jew I became a Jew, to the weak I became weak. I became all things to all people in an effort to save some. Like yeah. the means by which he communicated reflected a brand. I will, I will do, do anything, whatever, whatever it takes right. to communicate to these people. If I need, and to put it in a modern context, what message do I have to package? What story do I need to tell? And clearly in Scripture, I th- as, as, as Christ's followers, there is a pretty clear brand that we're called to live out. My, my personal aspiration, if I want to continue to, to, as best I can, be a man of faith and be a man of the Lord, I am so thankful that Scripture makes that clear. Here's how we are to love. Here's how we are to forgive. Here's how we're to interact with the people around us. That is a brand. This is who you are as a follower of me. Yeah. And so I, while brand has maybe been secularized for our context now, I, I actually think it's, it's a beautiful scriptural word. Yeah. That who am I? Who am I called to be? We have that beautiful picture painted for us. And if, if we can let that drive our leadership and then our discernment of whatever organization we've been, uh, that's been entrusted to our care, uh, we now have a story that can transform the, the workplace, the culture, whatever, uh, whatever environment I'm in. So I heard a story recently about a lady not wanting to come to Christ Greenfield Lutheran Church because she had heard a story that, well, 
uh, Lutherans believe they're the only ones who are getting into heaven. She misconstrued probably the joke that Lutherans are in the corner. Remember that joke? Okay. <laughs> but this has not always been the case that there's uh, a negative story being told about Lutherans in particular. And it kind of comes from the guy who started the Reformation some 500 some years ago, Martin Luther. Did he care about brand? Oh, big time. There's a there's a great resource uh, book that talks about if if Martin Luther was around today that he would have been one of the greatest marketers around hmm. uh, because it reflect I believe it reflected this heart of Paul whatever it takes to get the truth to people uh, and so certainly in his world it aligned with the the printing press and all that we know all of that story but um, how can we better bring the message. How can we live out the Great Commission? Well, so much of it is we have to be able to communicate to people in a way that they can understand it mm-hmm. and in a way that it can be received. And so our vernacular becomes very important. You, you reference at the start, and I'm paraphrasing, but it, it's essentially, uh, it's, it's a marketing phrase, so good work, Tim. Uh, <laughs> Don't hold that say, against me. <laughs> okay. uh, how, can we, how can we say the same thing but use different words? Yeah. How can we, instead of, and we've, we've seen this in our Lutheran world, uh, unfortunately, this has happened uh, often. Instead, we often take the approach that we're going to say the same thing, just say it louder. Oh. And you know what I mean? And that doesn't resonate as no. much. And I don't think that's what we see in Scripture. Well, it, it wasn't. It, it was the same message. I'm yeah. not suggesting we compromise. Right. But it's how do we build this on relationship and connect with the lost. Yeah. How do I better connect with uh, someone who knows Christ but is looking to uh, redefine what that means in their personal or professional life? We have to be able to connect in those terms. And that is relationship. That's story. That's culture. And so how we do that... uh, we want that to be the filter, not the ethos that we're most comfortable with. Amen. Jack Price Sr. is a member in our congregation, and uh, he wrote a book a number of years ago called Just Words, really giving pastors the responsibility of using all the different sorts of metaphors uh, for Mm -hmm. telling the greatest story of all time. Lots of different words to tell the simple truth of the love of Jesus. So leaders are learners, Ryan. we got to consistently be reading. So our last two questions, what books are you reading? And then we're going to talk about who's apprenticing you and uh, who's uh, who are you apprenticing? Sure. And I, a quick comment on that, the, the power of words. We still, we still have to message so there is power in being intentional about the words that we're using and, and the tactical marketing components yeah. of it. Yeah. But when it's filtered not with our own comfortable nature, but through the lenses of the people we're trying to connect with. That's right. In so many ways, it's why I think we see so many parables in Scripture. Like how many, how many different ways Context. do I have to tell this same right. story right. to connect with these people? In different contexts, different, different cultures. Amen. Yeah. Amen. And I think it's a, it's a beautiful outline yeah. for us, whether you're in a church, school, organization, that it's, that it's incumbent upon us to shape it in such a way that the intended audience can understand it, receive it, mm. and take one more click. Yeah. If you will, I want to, I got to hear Go more about this. Yeah. Amen. So, um, along those lines, books that I'm reading, um, 
and ones that I've uh, recently finished maybe are helpful. I would I would highly recommend if there's any marketing people out there, they're going to be familiar with this. But if if you're not, uh, Simon Sinek uh, is an outstanding resource. Many people have have watched a lot of his TED Talks, YouTube, yep. and so forth. If you're not familiar with Simon Sinek, I'm a huge fan. Uh, his book, Start With a Why, uh, is a powerful one that shapes far better than what I'm doing for this half hour. It shapes uh, a beautiful representation of what this would look like at work. So Start With the Why is great. Uh, related to that, uh, Jack Trout is another famous uh, writer, speaker along these lines, uh, and he's got a great book called Positioning. The Battle for Your Mind, hmm. uh, I I really enjoy that uh, as a read that just talks about the consumer mindset. Love it. Um, stuff that I'm reading, I recently finished uh, Shoe Dog, which by no means is a Christian book. Uh, it's essentially the memoir uh, of Phil Knight and this, the entrepreneurial spirit that launched Nike. So uh, it's fascinating uh, for any fellow entrepreneurial uh, minds out there. Uh, from a From a social context... Uh, I'm currently reading Jab, 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 Right Hook uh, by Gary Vanderchuk, and it's uh, essentially the power of storytelling through social media. Like we have this chaotic, noisy world that we live in right now. How can you tell a clear, refined story? Uh, again, that's it's uh, secular lenses. Uh, but powerful examples in there. And church leader, um, let's pause right there, Ryan. If you're not exploring, because I'm not like a huge fan of having to do the Facebook and all that, but yeah. could you just set a rhythm leader and post? You don't have to waste time scrolling up and down. That is a waste of time. You're letting other people live your life. But if you just say, I'm going to post an awesome picture of what Jesus is doing on Insta or on, there I sound like I actually know what I'm talking about, and on Facebook. <laughs> Could we just do that? Take, take small incremental steps toward recognizing the power of social media for your church. Powerful, powerful. So jab, yes. jab, and those, jab, right hook. And those you can, if, if I may just interject on that, I would, I would, it would pain me if any uh, leaders listening would get wrapped up in the execution there is certainly a trained piece <laughs> to executing the message, uh, so to speak, to these yeah. different audiences. Yeah. So I would highly recommend surrounding yourself with other experts in this field that have an affinity for that. Yeah. Uh, but the the organic nature of who am I, what story am I telling, those are those become very intrinsic. But for for an organization, when it steps into We've identified who we are, who we aspire to be, and now we need to get this message out there. Uh, that's where some of these resources can be, hopefully be a really helpful uh, step yeah, in, and at, in building that. At Christ Greenfield, we actually partner with, you need partners uh, yeah. for a number of our large pushes, like the Harvest Fest, or we're heading into a new sermon series. We use a partner called Missional Marketing, <laughs> and they move it out into all the different areas with different messages to meet different markets of, of people, different demographics. It's a powerful tool. So you don't have to reinvent the wheel. Love that. Just find, find a partner. Last book you're reading. Love that. Uh, I'm going through Paul uh, by N.T. Wright, and it's just a fascinating insight into the what we know of the personal side of Paul. Uh, we, we certainly obsess over the theological side, hmm. but getting to, uh, see as much of the heart behind him as we can. Um, 
is is what I'm going. I've, I've really enjoyed. It. It's pretty deep. I gotta I gotta bite it in, <laughs> in <laughs> chunks there. But N.T. Wright but is good. a prolific writer. All right, last question: Who's your apprentice, and who are who is apprenticing you? Well, you mentioned before uh, more than he may even realize. Uh, our our president at GCU has been uh, continues to be uh, a strong mentor uh, and model for me in a variety of different ways. And uh, in terms of just that partnership. I've been really blessed to be surrounded by great people and you're going to roll your eyes at this listeners. You can't see the eye roll that's about to happen, but uh, (laughs) you've been a huge influence for me. Uh, Not only as obviously our pastor here, but a close friend for a long time. And so I really, you know, for those of you out there, I, I am one who I sometimes draw as much strength uh, from peers and people that I'm, that I'm doing life with Same to you, uh, as much as, you know, the, the sages that we know that have been through it. And I, yeah. we all have those people, but yeah. um, that's been, it's been big for me. Well, Ryan, this has been amazing getting to hang out with you. The last 30 minutes or so has just flown by. You have given so much. We're going to link the show notes uh, to our website, cglchurch.org uh, backslash lead time. Share this with your friends. We want to move this message out. Uh, please give us comments. And even if it's constructive criticism or feedback, we want to get the conversation going on social media. And Ryan, you have been a gift and can't wait to have you again another time on lead time. There's so much to be said here. What a joy you are and a gift to the body of Christ. Thanks. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Have a great one, friends. You have been listening to Lead Time with Tim and Jake. Please subscribe at cglchurch.org backslash lead time. Thanks for listening. Tune in next Monday for another episode.